You're listening to the Mill Sunday School Podcast. Turn to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, to read along. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4. So it's in the New Testament, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Ephesians chapter 4 is what you can look at if you want to read along. We're going to put it on the screen as well. There it is. And uh, this passage is the passage that Brady Boyd last week at Big Church talked about. And usually people get really, um, they, they focus in on the fivefold ministry. But the fivefold ministry, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, is for a purpose. And so I'm going to read this and I want you to see what that purpose is for. So Ephesians chapter 4, this goes along with our month's topic of, of talking about church, ecclesiology, the study of church. And it says this. Ephesians 4.11, it was he, God, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. For what reason? Verse 12, to prepare God's people, that's all of us, for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. And in verse 13, until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of of the fullness of Christ. So our purpose, there's some of us among here that have different roles, and there's lots of different roles. He just mentions, I think, five of them, but to prepare us, all of us, God's people, for works of unity, for service, so that we might be mature. So let's pray this morning. God, we do thank you for the Bible. We thank you for the church that's around us, that, that, that we belong to, that we are yours, God. We are, we are part of the church. So God, we, we praise you. We thank you. We want to glorify you with this thing that we are, as we call ourselves, the church. So God, we love you. We're we're so excited to learn about the church today. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody screamed? Amen. Well, the Mill Sunday School, if you're, if you're newish around here, we have uh, first-timer visitor cards on the tables. You can grab one of those, fill it out, and uh, bring it to the nice people as you leave towards the back. We have a gift for you. It's actually, a, I think it's a Mill Portable Worship, so it's a, a worship CD that we recorded a long time ago live at the Mill, which is our Friday night meeting, and so we'll give you that for free. Kind of cool. And, um, so, and, and this week, how many of you were there on Friday at the Mill? Anybody? Lots of us were. Uh, we celebrated 10 years of the mill. And the Mill Sunday School has been around since 2004. I was just going to give you a quick overview of the Mill Sunday School because I thought some of you might be interested in that as we've talked about the Mill, the Mill Sunday School. Um, how many of you remember this logo, the Get Schooled School Bus? Dude, I remember that too. That's back in the day. The Mill Sunday School started in 2004, so that's like six years ago, right? Yep. And uh, we started in, if you go like straight across our parking lot, there's another building over there called Pikes Peak Community College. There wasn't any room in New Life for the Mill Sunday School to meet. So we got a room in Pikes Peak Community College because there's no school going on Sunday mornings. And so we were in a classroom. We had the Mill Sunday School over there. There was like 10 to 15 people and it was awesome. It's how it started. And every Sunday, I think for quite a few months, we would go over, everyone in Sunday school would introduce themselves and then say something silly or stupid about themselves. Like, I like breakfast cereals. I like Cheetos. And, and like, we'd just go around. And I mean, I imagine if we did that now, it would take like a half an hour to name your name and then something silly about yourself. But we used to do that. 
We used to do this. Get this. We'd give, if you came to them, we took attendance. And so if you came to the middle Sunday school 10 times, after your 10th time, it didn't have to be in a row, you got a free t-shirt. That'd be sweet. I was like, well, why don't we bring that deal back? I don't know. <laughs> um, and then, and I think in, um, let's see, it started in 2004. I think in 05 or 06, I, I was trying to figure it out this morning, we moved to Tag Chapel, and this is a picture of the Mills Sunday School in T- Tag Chapel. There's only a few pictures from that error, but there it is. Look for yourself if you came back, back in the day. And, um, and we, still, we still teach the Bible. We still give out free coffee and food and stuff. Here's a picture of, of me. Look at that. I'm like that. Wait, one foot down. No, this foot. I'm even wearing the same shirt, people. Isn't that cool? Like nothing's changed. It's still the same desk, the same whiteboard, same haircut, same jeans. No, I forgot. I lost that Nile jean, though, that's up there. I don't know what happened to that. But um, So then we moved, uh, I think, in O. 08, we moved, we took this, anybody remember this logo, Mill Sunday School logo? We moved, anybody here when we were in room 107, which is just right across the hall, a couple people, we were in there, and um, we were in there till 09, I think, just last year, uh, the beginning of last year when we moved into this room, and um, and so yeah, that's the, that's the Mill Sunday School in a nutshell, and um and so today, as we talk about the church, I just thought it would be cool to talk about us as the Mill Sunday School, especially since we're celebrating 10 years of the Mill and, and all. But uh, I want to ask a question, and it's, it's this question. Why do we need to go to church? And um, this is the, it's just a question I would, I think sometimes people ask you this question. Maybe you've asked yourself this question, why do I need to go to church? And as we study ecclesiology, the study of the church, I thought this would be a good question to present and it's a question, I think sometimes we ask if we wake up in the morning, and like yesterday I played Ultimate Frisbee for like two hours. Yes, it was awesome. And so I woke up and I was just a little tired. I was like, oh, why do I need to go to church? <laughs> and so it's a question we ask ourselves, like, why do we need to go to church? But I think that there might be a better way to phrase it. But I, I remember in, uh, when I was in college, I was a part of this really cool college ministry. Here's, here's a picture of my college, Weber State University in Ogden, Utah. There's the purple wildcat. Go Wildcats! And uh, and so I was a part of this really cool college ministry that was beginning. That the guy actually moved. A guy and his wife moved from Chicago, came to our school, Weber State University in Ogden, Utah, and started a college ministry, which was a really big deal because um, colleges in Utah, or Utah in general, is about seventy plus percent Mormon. And so it's, there's this contention between Christians and Mormons. And, and so it's, it's just a hard place for, for thriving evangelical Christian college ministries to happen. But yeah, I, I got to be a part of this ministry that started up on my university. And it was called This Generation. And it was, I mean, this is like a long time ago, so it was really cool. But we took the, the, the This Generation and the T was like a big cross. You can see where this is going. So it was like a big cross and it was His generation that it was it was just awesome you had to be there i guess and uh it's called this gen and i was just so excited to be a part of this college ministry and i had somewhat of a leadership role and i remember uh, on the during the first week of school the orientation week we were giving out flyers to people it had this is really cool as well the flyers had like our information sunday night seven o'clock met in this room and this the, the flyer had a lollipop attached to it and it said, don't be a sucker, come to this generation. 
It was awesome. You had to be there, I guess. And, uh, and so we were giving these out. And I bring all that story up to say, I was handing them out, and this girl came to the table, and she's like, what, what's this? She was visiting all the tables. She, she was new to the school. And, and I said, oh, we're a Christian club. We just started. We meet on Sundays. And she said, oh, well, I'm a Christian too. And I said, oh, sweet. Well, you should come check it out. And she said, I, I don't go to church. I, I've, I don't think we should, I, don't, I just don't believe in church. I don't think we should go. I don't think we have to go to church. And I was just like, I was kind of dumbfounded. Like, what? What do you, like, the church is so fun. And it's awesome. And it's like this gin and has the tea and the cross and then his generation. Isn't that sweet? And don't be a sucker. Come to this gin. And I was just so excited about our ministry. And her question just threw me off. Well, I don't think I need to go to church. I don't, I don't go to church. I'm a Christian. She said something like, well, where does it say in the Bible that we need to go to church? Isn't the Bible teach about? Jesus, uh, b- believing in Jesus, following him, and, and that's what it's all about. Why do we need to go to church? I don't really like going to church. And, and I, I, I was kind of dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say. And my argument kind of, I was like, well, we're, we've been designed for community. And so in your notes, um, I actually put it last, but um, this morning I decided to put it here because, because that, that was the, kind of the argument I used with this girl. Um, so the, the notes are a little out of order. It's the last when it should be second. But we've been designed for community, and we've been built for it. I think last time, last Sunday, I gave you a, a, just a little sneak peek at this, this week's topic and this idea that we've been designed for community and that, that, that we as humans have been built with the image of God inside of us. And there's this Latin word called imago Dei. Have you heard of that word before? course you have. We're nerds. We're nerds. We go to the Mill Sunday School. We, we like this stuff. And so Imago Dei is a Latin word, a theological word for image of God. And so we have the image of God inside of us. We've been built with the image of God. In Genesis it says, he created us, both male and female. He created them, the image of God. He created us. And so we have this image of God. And so if God is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God is three persons, but one in unity. He's one being. Then we, in the same way, have been built with, with this community element that, we're, that, we're, that we need each other, that we need uh, different persons. And, and I don't, I don't want to read into this too much, but I think because God in himself is community, then we have also been built for community. And the, the Greek word, I know you like Greek words, is, is koinonia. If you want to write that word down, it, it means fellowship. It means um, gathering together, having uh, community, unity. Fellowship is usually just the word that's used to, to translate koinonia. And that's important. We're, we are built with this, this need for community. So I remember talking to this girl at Weber State and she, she that had the, the flyer in her hand and is asking about our organization. I said, you know, we need community. We need to live with, with community. And, um, and so much so that later on, when I moved here to Colorado Springs, I started a small group called Koinonia. This is way back in the day, probably like 02, 03 maybe. And we had a small group called Koinonia. And all we did was we got together and we ate dinner we prayed before dinner. We ate dinner. Sometimes this girl came. She could play guitar, so we'd, we'd do some worship. And sometimes she didn't come, so we wouldn't do worship. Sometimes we'd read passages of, patches, passages of the Bible together. Sometimes we wouldn't. We'd just pray together or talk or bring up a topic and, and talk about it. But we always just had dinner. We ate together. We had fellowship. And we went home. We were in somebody's house, and we just ate dinner. We, we, and we called the group Koinonia, this fellowship. And there's something inside of us, all of us, that we're built for community. 
I'll bring up a funny, hopefully it's somewhat funny, I think it's funny, um, uh, illustration that if we don't have community, we kind of go crazy and we, we build it on our own. So take the extreme example of this guy, in, uh, if you've seen the movie Cast Away by Tom Hanks, and so he's, uh, he's on an island, I forget how long he's on a des- deserted island for, but it's a few years, quite a few years, and he takes this volleyball, it's a Wilson sports brand volleyball, and he draws a little face on it, he calls the face Wilson, and there's this really funny, it's not, it's actually a really sad scene, where like Wilson floats away, he gets lost in the drift from his raft, he's like, Wilson, Wilson, I'm so sorry, <laughs> but and we make up, we, he made up a person, and had full conversations with this Wilson person volleyball throughout the movie and it's just thought it was, it's it's what we do as humans because we need community one more more of a serious example is this guy maybe you've heard of him uh, a while ago in the news his name is mordecai van unu mordecai van unu and he is a Israeli that uh, is a Christian, became a Christian, is Jewish, became a Christian, and was a nuclear technician. I don't quite understand his full story because he was a nuclear technician, and yet he worked um, with some, like the nuclear, the people that make nuclear bombs for Israel, and yet he was an extreme pacifist, and so then he, or maybe he became a pacifist, I don't know his whole story, but he was, uh, he was kind of charged with treason because he was um, going against Israel and, and, and not doing what he was supposed to do by making these nuclear bombs. Hopefully I have that, enough of that story correct. But he, as a pacifist, as a Christian, he was held, charged with treason against Israel, and he was jailed for 18 years, and listen to this, for 11 of those years, he was held in solitary confinement for 11 years and uh amnesty international said that was cruel inhumane degrading uh prohibited by international law of course it is 11 years of of being totally in solitary confinement and when asked how did you survive how did you live through that most people would go completely insane and 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 he said well well i do have you know he, he isn't you know, perfectly normal after 11 years of solitary confinement. But what kept him through, he said, was I would read the Bible aloud so that I would hear a, hear a voice, even though it was his own voice, hearing a voice, having this fellowship. I mean, obviously, it's with himself, and it's, it's so messed up because he was in, in this prison for 11 years. But that's, that's what he says kept him through. And so we have this need. We are designed for community. And so that's the argument, going back to the question, going back to that girl that was uh, at our little table for this generation at, at Weber State University. I said, we need community. We're built for this. For, we have to have community in our life. And she said, well, I agree with that. I have friends and I have family and I, I, most of them aren't necessarily Christians, but I have community in my life. She was kind of like, so, you know, where does it say in the Bible we have to go to church? And at that moment, I really didn't have an answer. And I remember her walking away. She took the lollipop off, put the, took the wrapper off. She put the lollipop in her mouth. And then leaving, like I was watching her leave, she threw our flyer in the trash. Oh. And I just remember, like, I wish I had a better answer for that question. Why do we need to go to church? And as I've thought, as I've, as I've thought about that question for this lesson, I've thought, that, that may not be the best question. We're, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I thought if there's a need, then there must be a function. What's the function for something else? And so maybe a better way to word it is what's the function of church? Like if someone says, I need a job. And he's like, well, why do you need a job? And it's like, well, I need a job because I need money. I need money 
but for food, clothing, I need a place to live, I need a job. Okay, okay. You need a job because the function is you need money so that you can buy these things, food, etc. It's like, well, even if you narrow it down to maybe a very simplistic need, I need oxygen, I need to breathe. Well, what's the function then of oxygen? Well, the function of oxygen is that it's used in the respiration process for all of you that are biology lovers. And so you need simple sugars, glucose, plus oxygen in this chemical reaction to give off energy in the form of ATP and carbon dioxide and water. And so you have that chemical reaction to get energy. And so since our body has like 100 trillion cells that are always in the process of respiration, that's why we need to breathe so that we need oxygen so that our cells can have energy, right? Okay, you know, just a quick biology lesson today. And so, why do we need oxygen? Well, we need it to live. And, then, and this question is, so to carry it on, why do we need church? Well, the church serves a function. And so here's some other ways to word that question. And I want you to pay attention to this question because I'm going to turn it back to you for a discussion. And I want you to, in a minute, to list some of the functions of the church. But here's another way to word this question, such as, what's the purpose of church? Why do we do church? What's the purpose? What's the reason for church? Uh, just quite simply, why church? You know, if, we're, if, we're, if you're a Christian, like that girl that was talking to me at Weber State, she said, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, it's, it's me and Jesus, and, and we have a relationship, and, and I'm saved, but why church? Why do I need to go to church? What's the goal of church? Another way to word it. Another way, why do we need church? And this is different than um, last week we talked about what church was. Do you remember that if you were here? We talked about in the Nicene Creed how the church is four things. Remember? One holy, Catholic, and apostolic. And last Sunday we talked about each of those words. That's pretty much what we did for the whole hour's lesson last week. And so if you missed that, we do podcast. You just go to the website and you can listen to it for free. But, but okay, that's what the church is. It's one. It's, it's a body. It's, it's a, a group of believers that are one. And it's universal, the word Catholic. It's, it's all over the world. And we're holy. We're called apart from the world. And we're apostolic, meaning quickly it's the right teaching, the, the right form of, of following after the apostles' teaching. And so, okay, that's what the church is. But why church? Why do we need the church? What's the goal of the church? And so that's what I want to ask you as you discuss. Some of you bigger tables invite people that are sit- sitting by themselves. And what I want you to do is just to list, okay, what's the function of the church? I.e., uh, what should the church be doing according to Scripture? We've been commanded to do things in-, in the Bible as a church. And so what are those things? What should we be doing as the church? Fair question? I, w- I would like you to list some. Some of you will get five. Uh, maybe your goal would be five to ten. If you get more than ten, keep going. You might get a world record for listing church functions. So keep going. But uh, as a group, discuss. Got it? Okay, ready? Get set. Go. How many of you got uh, five or more functions? Lots of groups. How many of you got to ten functions? One table? Okay, this one table. You guys get the... My wife's at that table, so they're probably cheating. Just kidding. All right, what we're going to do is a brainstorm, which means that you'll just... What, we usually have mics and we pass them around, but I thought we're just, we're just using like one word kind of things, and so it might take too long to get the mics. So we're, you're allowed to yell right now. 
And so um, that will be awesome and fun in and of itself, because usually yelling in church isn't allowed. Um, but you'll yell out a function of the church. Well, maybe we'll go and somewhat organize. We'll go to the front here, and t- kind of to the back, and then back there in the front. And maybe we'll just kind of go around so that there's some sort of organization. So groups up here, a function of the church, somebody yell. Unity. All right. Unity. I'm going to put this. Worship in unity. How many of you said worship? Okay, that's another function, but that, that's how I have it listed. So anyway, okay, uh, going back a little further, yell it out. Tithing. Let's see, I'll put that under here. I think I spelled that right. Is there an E in there? No? It's just like that? Okay. What else? Teaching. I'm going to put that. Uh, these are all going to go in a part. I'm going to call, uh, what do I have it listed? I have it as this word, edification. And I'll, I'll write this down and give it to you in a second. But somebody said teaching. And I would say, that I'm going to put that into this, okay? Yes, in the far back, yell something. Let's see. <laughs> Like maybe the like worship worship in unity we're, we're coming. I'm gonna put that apart as a part of this safe place. I like it. It's out of the box. That's part of the brainstorm. Uh, maybe this section back over here. Yell it. Taking care of people like the widows and orphans. I'm gonna call that one social concern, Con- concern, and uh, widows widows and orphans taking care of those that's from james 1 7 um what else front ish yell it ministry yeah i'm gonna put that in here thank you ministry depends on what kind of ministry i guess ministry to the widows and orphans that could go down to this one as well anything else up here (laughs) i put teaching slash Prevention of heresy. I don't really have... It's not really working. That's what that... You know what it says. All right. Uh, Anybody can yell out now. Yell it. Serving. Thank you. So we could serve in the church or serve the widows and orphans. Serving. What else? Communion, I heard. Because they're in the front... I would put that over here, communion, and into edification. Discipleship, I'd probably put that in edification too. I'll put it over here now. Bullship. Whenever you can't spell a word, just kind of, it looks good. I, I have four, so we're missing one of the ones that's really big. To know God? Yeah, I would say, uh, let's see, no. God, and it's the church, so together, that I would go maybe an edification as well. We do it as the church. Fellowship, I would put here. Outreach, social concern. Manifestation of the Spirit, I'd put an edification or, or worship maybe. The sacraments, yeah, communion, edification. What? Accountability, yeah, edification. Missionary work, social concern. Oh, mission. okay, I, put, I worded it as this. Here we go. Big word. Evangelism. That was the one that I thought we were missing. Does everybody see them? 
<laughs> All right, go, going back to hopefully this thing. Does it go back to the big board? Okay, sweet. Here's the four I have. So in, in your notes, there's four spaces uh, for the functions of the church. And these are, these are not just my four. Uh, these are the four that if you... Um, I think these four will always be in somebody's list. I was looking online this morning and all this week for different lists of the functions of church. I found one list that was six functions. I found one that was seven functions of the church. One of my theology books had uh, five functions of the church. Um, I saw this one church website. It said, these are the ten functions of the church. And they had listed a ten. Lots of these were in. Um, But to me, I like the simplicity of these four. And I would argue that that most of, uh, almost everything of what we said, discipleship, teaching, prevention of heresy, uh, ministry, community, etc., would somehow go into one of these four. And so this is, this is uh, my list. It's, it's, it's not my, I can't get credit for it though. Um, but it's a very simplified list. It's a very narrowed down list. And so because of its simplicity and its narrowed downness, um, we're going to talk about these four as the big functions of the church. Sound good? So hopefully, some of your lists, hopefully, in my mind at least, everything you listed would, would go generally into one of these four. The first being evangelism. So let's talk about evangelism. That according to Scripture, the idea was, what are the functions of the church according to Scripture? Well, there's a, a really big verse that people say often. Have you ever heard the term, the Great Commission? Have you heard that term? The great, some of you haven't, and you're like, yeah, the Great Commission, what's that? Well, here it is. It, Jesus, in Matthew 28, commissions all disciples. This is the Great Commission. And so if you've heard that term before, this is what it means. This is what it is. The verse is Matthew 28, 18, and it says, Then Jesus came to them, the, the disciples, and says, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, to Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's the Great com- Commission. Go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the end of the age. And so evangelism, point number one, is our role of the church is to evangelize, to, to not just join together as a club and as our secret little society Sunday school club and we shut the doors and we check membership. No, we welcome other people. We we- If you're uh, if you're not a Christian, you're seeking, you're like, man, what do they believe? I'm checking stuff out. You're welcome here. You're welcome to invite your non-Christian friends here. You're welcome. We're actually called to, to go more than that and go make disciples. Go tell people. Go live our lives in such a way that they see that we are Christians. Um, you could say, you know, winning souls or spreading the good news or spreading the gospel. But really, it's just showing and telling others about the one that we worship. So that's evangelization. Um, evangelism is the first function, as I have it listed. I mean, there's no Bible verse, you realize, that says, that says, here's the functions of the church. These are things within Scripture that we can clearly see and, and say that the church, that's us, we should evangelize. That's one of our functions. So that's, that's number one. Number two, and I put it as worship in unity. And um, it's, a, it's concentrating ourselves on the Lord, that when we get together, um, we worship Him. There's the verse that says, where two or more are gathered, 
there I am in their midst. So when we are gathered, we worship, we, we focus our attention on God. And, and usually when we say worship around here at New Life, we always, in our head at least, think, oh, singing. And, but that's not necessarily the case. Worship is much more than just singing. It's, it's how we live our lives it's um, reflecting. I think when we do the sacraments, do communion, when we say prayers together, we are worshiping God, and that doesn't have anything, none of those have anything to do with singing. So when I say worship, I mean worship in unity. We get together, we are in unity, and that's important, and we worship, we focus our attention on God. So it's the gathering together in unity to worship. And the, the verse I picked for this is Hebrews ten, twenty-five. The verse I read last week, which just says, let us not give up meeting together. Let's not give up assembling ourselves, coming together in unity. And then it says, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So even in the other church, there were people that, yeah, I'm too, I'm too tired. I want to sleep in or whatever. They didn't, there's like, let's give up meeting together. No, it's important. Don't give it up as some are in the habit of doing, but let us come together, encourage each other all the more as we see the day approaching. So this idea of unity coming together in unity, and then the idea of worshiping together. Jesus, with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, if, you know, if you're familiar with this passage, says, we, you know, we, we, we worship our God in spirit and in truth. When we come together, we worship our God. We know him. We focus our attention on him. That's what we as the church do. Right? Right. Okay. Point number three. I listed it as the big spiritual word, edification which is a very churchy kind of term. But um, there's a quote. Well, usually when you're talking about evangelism, somebody will give you the quote, and I don't know whose quote it is, but they'll say, the church is the only organization that exists for its non-members. Have you heard that before? Church is the only organization that exists for its non-members. And that is somewhat true, but we also exist for ourselves as well as we, we exist for evangelism. Point number one, that's what we're called to do. But we also do exist for ourselves, for the edification of those of us that are a part of the church. And so all of these things, lots of the things that we mentioned, that you all mentioned and I wrote down, tithing, uh, ministry, uh, teaching, serving, uh, uh, what was this one again? The heres- Prevention of heresy. Those would all be a part of edification, so that discipleship, a part of edification, so that when we come together, there are some of us with gifts, some of us that have been Christians for a long time, and we can pray for one another, we can serve one another. And there's some of us in here that maybe haven't been a Christian very long, and that's awesome, that's great that you're here. And so you're here to receive the the, the teaching, receive prayer, um, receive uh, the prevention of heresy. And then so there's, and it's not just like, oh, I'm the giver, I'm the receiver kind of thing. That's that's a silly way to word it, because we all need prayer. We all need encouragement. We all need teaching and, and learning, etc. So when we come together, there's this edification of the church, which is interesting that the Great Commission, if you remember what I just read, uh, Matthew 28, starting in verse uh, 18, 19, and 20, verse 20 is, and teach them, you know, go make disciples, baptize them, and then teach them. And so this part of the Great Commission isn't just Go make disciples and then be like, okay, you're, you're a Christ believer now. Peace out. I'll, I'll be over here doing my own thing. It's like, no, you, you know, go make disciples and then teach them, baptize them, bring them into the church, this, this edification process. And the verse I picked is uh, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul writing a letter to some believers in the first century about what you should do when you, when you come together. And this is right after Ephesians, or excuse me, 
1 Corinthians 13, which is the love passage. And he goes on to talk about the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 14, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of speaking in tongues, the gifts of interpretation of tongues, etc. Towards the end, middle-ish of this passage comes along verse 26. And it's, Paul says, What shall we say then, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn, or they have a word of instruction, or they have a revelation, or a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. So there's this, that we are called, we are commanded to, you know, when we get together, somebody has a hymn, sing it. Somebody has some instructions, give the instruction. Somebody has a revelation or a prophecy, etc. Do all these things for the strengthening of the church. When we come together, we strengthen, the big word being, we edify one another. So that's number three. Number four, social concern. And someone actually mentioned the passage uh, that, that true religion is this, uh, James, it's one twenty seven. excuse me, James one twenty seven. I think earlier I said 1.7, uh, James one twenty seven says, religion, that our God, that, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is, is this, to look after widows and orphan, orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Kind of three parts there, keep yourself polluted from the world, keep yourself holy, and then take care of the widows and orphans. And of course, many of us know that in the early church, at the, at the time, there wasn't any like, social welfare government things in place so that someone like a widow, a woman, and in, in the ancient world, women didn't just go out and get jobs. It, it, was, it was a man's world in this ancient world. Men did, you know, did the jobs, and so a woman couldn't get a job. And so if, if someone couldn't get a job, then you couldn't feed yourself. And the same with an orphan. If you didn't have a family to take care of you, these are two groups of people in the ancient world that had nothing. And so the church is called, is commanded to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress. Look after, and I would say, look after anyone that's in distress, especially in the ancient context, those that could not take care of themselves, orphans and widows. And we are called to do that social concern. And so this idea that those of us, excuse me, those outside the church that aren't Christians, we're called to do evangelism. We're called to tell them about Christ. But even if we don't have the purpose of telling them about Christ, we are still called with, of course, with the message, because we can give charity with the message, but we're called to just take care of them and, and go and, and, and you know, help them through life, help them clothe, you know, feed, the, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, shelter those that don't have shelter, give a cup of cold water to someone that is thirsty. We are called to do those things as the church. So there, there's the four. There's the four functions of the church. Evangelism, Worship and unity, edification, and social concern. This broad category for anything we do to help those that need help. And, um, and so, like I said, there's no list in the Bible that says here are the four functions of the church. We're finding these things throughout Scripture and saying, I, I would argue that pretty much anything we're supposed to do as a church should fit into one of these four things. So, going back to the question. Going back to handing out lollipops at Weber State University that says, don't be a sucker, come to this generation, and the girl coming up and saying, I don't need to go to church. You know, why do I need to go to church? It's, it's you know, isn't it just me and Jesus? And, you know, that I'm, you know, just as good of a Christian as you. You go to church and, you're, you know, you're handing out lollipops. That's good for you. But I'm a Christian just as much as you. I don't need church. And to that I would say, at least now. I mean, that was quite a few years ago. I graduated college quite a few years ago. And, and looking back on that, and in that moment, I really didn't know what to say in the moment. Remember, I was like rambling about 
you know, we need community and the Wilson ball, and uh, we need community. But I think now I would say something different and maybe bring up this Greek word. For those of you that are Greek scholars, the word up there is um, kurionon. Wait, kurikon. Kurikon, right? Kurikon, which is the word we get our word church from this Greek word, and it literally means things belonging to the Lord. And so the word church in English comes from this Greek root word, which just means things belonging to the Lord. And so what is the church? Well, the church is a group of people belonging to the world, to the Lord. And if we, so what is the church? Oh, it's a group of people belonging to the Lord. Okay, got it. And then what maybe I would say to this girl going back in time, I would say, well, you know, the, the idea of the church is just things belonging to the Lord. So whether you like it or not, you are a part of the church. If you believe that Jesus is your Savior, you belong to Him, then you are a part of the church. Whether you go to a 9 o'clock service or an 11 o'clock service or a midweek service, whatever you're going to, you are a part of the church. So maybe a better question to present back to someone that says, you know, why do I need to go to church? It's like, well, you are a part of the church. Whether, you know, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, a Christ follower, you are a part of the church. Maybe a better question would be, are you fulfilling your role within Christ's community? Are you filling your role within Christ's community? Because you are the church. You know, Christ called us to, to do certain things. And, and I would say these four things. That's what we're called to do. That's what we've been commanded to do. Evangelize. We're supposed to worship in unity. Edify one another. And we have cause for social concerns in the world. And so are you doing those things? And maybe someone would say, Oh, uh, yeah, I'm doing each one of those. And I would argue, how in the world are you doing any of these four by yourself? And I would argue, um, each one of these somehow involves another person, right? I mean, think about it. Evangelism, does that involve anyone else? <laughs> Duh. It's like going, it's telling someone, it's like, it has to involve someone else, right? I mean, I guess technically you could say, well, I'm evangelizing. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I don't need church. I'm evangelizing this person all by myself, right? You could argue that. But then it's like, okay, they become a believer. Then don't, isn't there two of you then? It's like, so you, like, are you, so the question, are you fulfilling your role within Christ's community? I don't think it can ever be just you and JC. It's just me and my homeboy, Jesus. That's me and my church. That's all I need. It's like, well, if you're going to do what Christ commanded you to do, you need to be a part of Christ's community. Whether you want to call it church or not is up to you, but you are the church if you belong to God because of the, the, where we get the word church, the Greek root word. So evangelism obviously requires somebody else. Worshiping in unity, duh. It obviously requires other people to worship in unity with other people. I mean, Jesus in his prayer on, in the Garden of Gethsemane says, Father, I pray that they, that, that all the believers might be one as you and I are one. And so Christ's prayer for us is to be one, to be in unity. And so if someone is just, yeah, it's just me and JC, my homeboy, that's my church. I don't go to church. I just got church on my own. And say, well, you know, Christ wanted us to be in unity as believers. Don't you see that throughout Scripture and in this particular prayer, the Garden of Gethsemane? Are you fulfilling that role? And then, and then, of course, edification. This one, I think, of the, of the four, this one being probably the most one that you can't do by yourself. I mean, how are you 
You're supposed to, you know, we're called to teach, to, to encourage, to sing hymns together, like that passage said in 1 Corinthians 14. And so how in the world are you doing that if it's just you and JC? How in the world are you using the gifts placed inside of you if it's just you and JC, and that's your whole Christian uh, walk? If your church is just you and JC, then, you know, how are you using your gifts How are you using what God has placed inside of you? How are you receiving? How are you getting taught? How are you learning? Um, Are you doing what Christ called you to do? And I would argue if it's just you and JC, if that's your church, then you're not doing what Christ called you to do. In fact, I I might call our attention to, there's a quote. uh, We always have sweet quotes of the day. And there's a quote on the back of uh, the skillet. This one's by Joel Olstein. Joel is the mega church pastor in Houston. He has, actually has the largest church in the United States now. And you've probably seen him on TV. He's really smiley. And, uh, and uh, he usually gets a lot of slack for being, oh, he just teaches really, really simple, simple, um, dumbed-down messages. But this quote, I think, is, is so simplistic that it's, that it's like, oh, it's pretty profound that it's so simplistic. So uh, props to Joel Osteen for this quote. And he said this. He said, you can be committed to the church but not committed to Christ. A.K.A. you can be committed to the church, but not committed to Christ. For instance, if you just like coffee, and you're like, man, they got, the most Sunday school has great coffee, and they get bagels from Panera. I'm going to come to the church and drink coffee and get a bagel, and that's my church. It's like, well, you're committed. You're, you come every single Sunday, but if Christ isn't a part of the reason you're coming to church, then that quote is true. You can be committed to the church, but not committed to Christ. And then the, the quote goes on, but you cannot be committed to Christ and not be committed to the church. If you're truly committed to Christ, then you won't say things like, oh, it's just me and JC. It's just, you know, where does it say in the Bible, I need to go to a church? No, by fulfilling your role of what Christ has called you to do, you will do these four things in some form or another, and all of them involve people. And so the last one, of course, obviously involves people. Social concern. You're taking care of someone else. You, and that, so that obviously involves someone else, right? Um, and maybe you could argue that, oh, oh, it's like the evangelism piece, that you, know, you could all by yourself go out and help a poor person. And so that, I guess you could fulfill that role all by yourself. But that's not, we're not just called to be lone rangers, lone wolves, you know, going out. And is, are, isn't it so much better when we gather together, pool resources, and serve uh, uh, widows and orphans or those that are in need together. Isn't it awesome how we as a church can, can do things like uh, food banks? Um, right now our church is talking about another dream center within Colorado Springs. Whether that happens or not, it's, it's in the future and for God to know. But whether we even do that or not, we're still called to take care of people that can't take care of themselves. That's what we do when we get together. And we're, we're called to social justice. And so the question, are you fulfilling your role within Christ's community, I think is a question that we can ask ourselves. I know that I can ask myself that question. Do I sometimes have a tendency to just be like, oh, you know, I could have community and and go worship together, but I'd rather just worship with a CD, just me and JC by myself. Yeah, I guess I could, you know, go and and, and be a part of a Bible study, but then I'd rather just read the Bible on my own. And I think Christ is calling us He does call us to be in unity, to evangelize, to worship in unity, to edify that there's something really good. And all of you are here early on a Sunday morning because you know that this is important. You know that that learning and, and teaching and studying 
is important. And that's what we specifically do as a Mill Sunday School body. And so that question is just for all of us, including myself. Am I, are, are you fulfilling your role within Christ's community, doing the things that he has called us to do? Let's close in prayer. God, we do thank you for, for showing us um, that, that you care about church, that we as the church body are yours. In fact, the very word church means just belonging to you, God. So we're so grateful that we belong to you. We're so grateful that we do have roles, that we can fulfill your purposes within the church. And that, God, we, we're just, again, so thankful that you call us the church. God, help us, help us to evaluate our own heart and say, are we fulfilling our role within your community, within your body, within the group of people that you um, have called your church? God, convict us in areas you want to, to, to convict us in. Encourage us in areas to go further in areas that you would like us to go further in. God, we give our hearts to you. God, we tell you that to use us to glorify yourself in this earth. God, we praise you. We thank you for church. We thank you for the church. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. You're officially dismissed. Feel free to hang out. Meet some more people you don't know. Get some coffee on your way out. We'll see you next week. Peace.